to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today, we are going to be playing a clip from another podcast that we were recently on. Janelle Paris, the CEO of Lash Fair, asked us to be on her podcast, Lashgasm. Please go check it out. And we got to come on her show and talk about LashCon, but not just what's coming up. We actually talk about some of the lessons learned, some of our struggles, some of the stuff that's happened in the past. And then we give you a little preview of what we hope to do in this upcoming year on November 6th through the 8th. So I thought this would be a great episode because we get asked a lot about LashCon and thought, you know what, let's just take this episode, put it out there, at least start getting you guys warmed up about what's coming up soon. Ticket sales will be happening in May, so you can still wait a little longer. And by the way, there's another conference that we want to support right now and let you know about. That's Shelby's Lash Boss Conference. And the reason why I bring it up is because a lot of people last year, not a lot, some people confused our two conferences. I want to just make sure you're clear. Her conference is coming up real soon. In fact, her ticket sales are coming up any day now and you can buy those her tickets and then come to, it's a virtual conference in April. And then we're going to start selling our tickets in May. Just try to avoid any confusion. So buy your tickets today. They will be, I'm sure, super affordable. And the value that she gave last year was amazing. I know she'll be delivering that again. We'll be speaking again, which is such an honor. Then save your money. Then in May, you buy your tickets in. Come to see us in a live event. It will also maybe be a hybrid event, which means we might actually have some way to watch online. But for sure, it's going to be a live event right now in November. So, all right, that's all that. Let's get into a couple announcements before we replay that clip. And by the way, oh, another thing I was going to say. There's a second half of this podcast that we are, or the clip from Lashgasm that we're not going to be playing. That second half of the clip, you have to go over to Lashgasm to hear it. And that's where we talk about really the struggles of what's been like working in California. As you know, the last year, California, of all the states, I think we've been shut down more. And unless you're in England or Canada, I think they've been hit pretty hard too. But in the United States, California has been really restrictive. And so we share some of that. So if you want to hear some of the pain and suffering and some of the stories about that, you can jump over to Lashgasm and you can listen to the second half of her podcast and catch all that. All right, a couple announcements here. Apple Podcasts, promotion that we're doing right now. If you write a review for us and screenshot it and send it to Paul at lashcastpodcast.com, you'll be entered into a drawing for an Amazon gift card for $200. So stop right now, write that review, take that screenshot and send it to me. Also, guys, we have the coolest club around available to you. It's called the Lashcast Insider Club. And what is that? Well, this is a club that allows you to get discount codes to our webinars, to our trainings, to LashCon, as well you'll get all the information about our upcoming coaching program. So you want to be part of that. You can join in the show notes. There's a link there or go to our Instagram page and the link in the bio, you can sign up there. Also, guys, we want to get your stories. We want to get you onto our podcast as well as into our clubhouse. On Thursday nights now, we're doing a clubhouse at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's West Coast, guys. Every week, at least for now, it's a little experiment. We're giving it a try, and we're recording those, and we're going to be also re-airing them on our podcast. Now, like this coming week, we have Courtney Bueller and Cheryl Peng from Untamed Artistry. We're going to have both of them on talking about how to build a last brand. I think these two people... No more than almost anyone I know in the industry. I thought there's maybe one or two other people I could have gotten on, but I decided to get these two. They literally know what it takes to build a brand. They're brilliant, and I can't wait to interview them. So you can join us on that, and they will also be on our podcast in the coming months or weeks ahead from now. But I want to get you too. So if you have a story, you have an angle, something about you that you think is unique, special, interesting, something that's happened in your business, 
please email me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com and share me what it is that you'd love to talk about. And we'll either get you on the clubhouse or maybe we'll just interview here right straight on the podcast. In fact, we have someone coming up soon who we're just going to do that. She reached out, can't work out Thursday night in the clubhouse, but she's going to interview her on Monday and we're going to get here on the podcast. So we're really trying to open up the doors to get more people. Since we're doing two a week now, I feel like we have a lot more time and we can get a lot more voices. And you know what, guys? It's going to be exciting to see some of you guys who would be probably unseen before will now be heard all over the world and be blessing our industry with your information, your training, and all that. Next, I want to let you guys know that we're going to be putting the tickets on sale soon for Tustany's Lash Retention and Styling course. It's May 22nd through the 23rd, and we will be putting that online probably in the next week or so. And also, guys, we're going to be selling access to our Lash Allergy course again. We did one in January, and then April, we're going to launch it again. I don't have the exact date, but when we do, we'll let you know. And this year, or this time, what we're going to do different, we're going to be playing the main session because we got that down. That's really, It's a three-hour session, guys, packed full of information, and you can take it at your own pace. And then we're going to have a couple of live Q&R times, or Q&As, as you guys probably think of them. I like question and response, and that's where we're going to sit down and basically answer every question you have. And we'll do two of those, and that way, if you can't make one, hopefully you'll be able to make the other and be able to sit live with us and talk about everything you just watch in the videos and digest it, because it's quite a bit. It's a big paradigm shift, but it's going to empower you so your clients can now have lashes, even if they're allergic to the glue. All right, guys, that's all the announcements I have for you. Hopefully, you will find this to be an enlightening and kind of fun little diversion from all the typical stuff we talk about that's kind of controversial and all that sometimes or interviewing. This is going to be us getting interviewed by Janelle on Lashgasm where we talk about LashCon and everything. And then if you want to hear the second half of it, please go over to Lashgasm and join in about 55 minutes into the interview and then you can pick up the second half where we talk about our experience in California and the wonders that it's been over the last year. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. Thank you guys for joining me today on Lashgasm Radio. I love that the tables are turned now and I'm interviewing you. Because you um, had me on your show multiple times, so I really appreciate that and you coming on today. Absolutely. Well, we were super excited when we found out you were moving into the podcast world, and uh, it's perfectly natural because you're so conversational. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. It's a nice way of saying I have a big fat mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That's we love. No, I definitely have a lot to say, and I love that we do think a little bit differently over here. And I've always been a person to question everything and challenge the status quo and think outside the box. Like I've always been like that. So I think it's good when people come in and shake things up. So absolutely. I'm following in your footsteps. So awesome. thank you for paving the way for the lash industry. Oh, sweet. Um, <laughs> podcast. I'm sure there will be many more to follow, right? God willing. <laughs> I feel like everybody I know completely knows what LashCon is. Everybody that I know has gone to both, but we uh, cater a lot to to new people starting in the industry, people that are really just getting their feet on the ground and learning who's who and who can they lean on for advice. So today I wanted to have you guys on to talk about LashCon mm-hmm. and get the word out to anybody who doesn't know, because I have enjoyed your events and I'm looking forward to next year. And I just wanted to give you guys another avenue to talk about your conference. So for anyone listening that doesn't know, lay it on us. What is LashCon? What is LashCon? And thanks so much. I mean, Janelle, you've been with us 
since the beginning. You were, I think, our top tier sponsor two years ago, and we've always appreciated your contribution to and your supporting support. and yeah, everything you've done to help us and support us. It's been really you and a few other people have been like at the top of our list, the most generous people. So we thank you. Thank you. And, we do what we can, you know, and this year hasn't been easy for anybody. And I feel like everyone's just trying to figure their life out, yeah. but we will always do what we can to support because love what you guys are doing. So what is LashCon? LashCon, what it isn't, first off, and I've actually had this when I was reading some of the reviews, and thank God 99% of the reviews are all positive and happy, but I remember one person this last it's funny it's this year you know last con our third year is 2021 i keep thinking next year we're in next year already but we're stuck in like that 2020 hole of like <laughs> are we out yet no i know i know it's like it's uh, still so going that. on it's 2020 still, yeah. still here it feels year. like so are you referring to the first one well just two months ago the virtual one someone wrote me a comment and said well i loved it but i wish there was more talk about lashes and i went where in our marketing did I mess up that you thought that our conference was going to be about lashes? Kind of like most conferences, right? Where you sit around and you talk about technique, you talk about glue. And what well, we do talk about glue, but more about the design, volume, all that different stuff. The actual stuff. practical art of applying yeah. lashes. And like all- the service. The that's service. Right. How do the service better? That's interesting to hear because that's really the main thing that you promoted it as. This is a business conference. Exactly. It's just funny. People, you yeah. know, it's selective reading, I guess, when you look at the website and you click on the buy your ticket and it keeps saying business conference, business conference. And that's what it really is. This is a business conference for beauty professionals. This is a place where you get to finally hone your craft in the business side of things. We spend so much time focusing on our technique. All the trainers are teaching here. And they do teach some marketing, Instagram tips, stuff like that. But very few people really talk about business. I think of Mary Tara Walsh is our lone example, like a lone cry in the, lone vo- in the, out in the wilderness, talking about, hey, you guys, you don't just need to be a great artist. You need to be a great business person, too. And that's really what LashCon's all about, about bringing in, and also not just the same people you see at every conference even though we love all of them we're friends with everyone we try to bring in new voices into the community who are maybe from the beauty world because the hair world's been around for thousands of years and they have so much wisdom and great ideas and a lot of stuff that we can learn from so that in fact we did this all the time ourselves we very rarely looked at our lash salons and what to do we met and got to know a lot hair salons and get to know beauty professionals outside of the last world because they've been doing so much longer they have all this wisdom to pass off people on people that us. have have the data right exactly they have the experience who have actually physically experienced it themselves and there's so much wisdom in that and that's something you can't pay for no and i think personally you know as far as like certain business business techniques or marketing techniques i mean you can apply that to really any industry right yeah Whether it's absolutely hair or if you're selling shoes or whatever the case may be, there's certain things that they teach you, you know, in business school and in mar- when you go to school to be a marketer, like that's has nothing to do with industry specific, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, business so, is business. Exactly. And I, I love that you guys incorporate other people that aren't just flash people because there's so much value in that from the networking alone. Yeah. Oh, and that's the other part of LashCon is that yeah. it is kind of like a reunion. It's uh, an opportunity for us all to get together and be friends, you know, and connect and with connect. each other. And we're and what's cool about LashCon that wasn't expected. I mean, we had parties, we had a cocktail party, we had gatherings 
and such. But we didn't realize that that was going to be what people, I think, most were excited afterwards when they left LashCon, the first one, was like, oh my gosh, I have 18 new Lash friends. And we heard of all these collaborations, people partnering up, people finding new people to try new ventures, new ideas. Collaborations. And th- that was just super satisfying watching all that happen. That was really, I think, in the back of our mind we wanted it to happen, but we didn't know. Because often in the past, when we've we've gone to conferences, and I don't blame anyone. It's just what I think the culture's banned. It's, the it's worst a- thing is, is you go there and you feel like a complete outsider. Yeah. You want to be in. You so want to be a part of everything, but you don't know how to connect with people. And I hated that feeling. I yeah. hate feeling like I just want to hang out in the bathroom, Right. So right. we really made it a point. Or at the bar. <laughs> Drowning your sorrows, yeah. right? We I wish I had a friend. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to make people feel welcome and included, and that was just the whole vibe and the whole spirit of LashCon, is welcoming people in, introducing them to people. You know, I meet somebody, I take them on my arm and just introduce them to people, all my friends. I you mean, know? that was Tessany's job as the hostess, is she literally went from the first moment the thing opened and just was connecting people because she'd walk up to someone and say hey do you how are you doing my name's Tustin and go, oh hi nice to meet you and like do you know anyone here and go no I don't well let me introduce you to my friends and Tustin oh, just walk I him over to two of people doing that. yeah I love that yes. and, and I noticed as I was watching the interactions especially at the VIP kind of cocktail thing is that there were people hugging each other who didn't know each other. As I talked to them later, I go, no, I just met them. And I was like, we pushed the first domino. And also just kind of self-replicated where people were just kind of naturally reaching out of their bubble and connecting. And that was something that we just were, were most proud of because I think it didn't feel like you didn't belong. I mean, of course, I'm sure someone went to LashCon and was like, well, it sucked for me. But 99% the of people again. The spirit of the people felt yeah. like it was yeah. like it was open to them. Yeah. So. And that yeah. was a first for us to see at a real conference. And we really hope to do that again. I mean, our next one this coming year, we have parties planned every night. We're going to have a party Saturday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. Even oh. after, after party, all that. It's going to be great. I know. I'll have to make a better choice or a better decision with my shoes because I wore a pair of shoes. I ended up like re-breaking a toe because it was so, not re I I stressed it out, strained it. So, but I like re-inflamed an old injury and I had to like go to the hotel room and like ice my foot and put it out. (laughs) But let me tell you, Janelle, you looked so good though. I remember your dress. It was like some like crocodile kind of stretchy skin thing that was like. It was by the Sony print. Oh my goodness. themed like watercolor but so my shoes were a mistake, so I'm going to keep it real next time and wear some probably sneakers and work it out because my heart was in it, but I was like, I, I, this yeah, is a problem. A so. Yeah, no, um, Tess has um, always appreciated your style. She's like, you're always wearing something fun, and I appreciate that. I love fashion and style, and I love that form of expression, and it's nice to see people that aren't just like wearing the same <laughs> boring thing all the time. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but – at, at most conferences I go, black is usually the preferred color, I think, by beauty professionals. I just Everyone shows up in black and looks really cool and chic and all that. Now I wear all black every single day because that's the, I don't want to say uniform, but that's just our color. Yeah, it's your look. Yeah. Fair, so it's just easier to get everybody to look like they work here. So if you, I have been seeing my little outfit post, everyone's like, can we see you in some color? I'm like, probably not. This is all <laughs> as helpful as I'm going to get is this tie-dye situation. Yes, um, yes. But yeah, I just wanted to say one thing about the conference and the vibe sometimes that you get when you go as somebody that's going to attending an event 
doesn't know anybody. I just thought of something when you were saying that when I got a job earlier on working at the Mac store, I was doing makeup, right? So it was like that same situation, like coming and joining a new group and people not showing that they're accepting of you. Like you'd show up and it was like, almost like the mean girl club. Like you had to like fight your way in and like prove yourself and like, they're cool, but they're not. It was just such an odd energy to have. And it, but that's I Mac, right? Sometimes, <laughs> that's this is early when Mac was like Mac, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yes. I would sit, sometimes go in my car and lunch and I would like cry. Cause I was like, I just felt so like an outsider. And I was like, I just didn't understand. Cause I just wanted to have fun and wanted to do makeup. I don't know. I just wanted to go and help people in the store and do their little looks. So I just didn't understand what that is. Like, what is the hostility? Why are people so closed off and don't want to include other people? Is it jealousy? Like, I just could never understand where does that come from when you just start with, I automatically don't like you. Why can't we just move backwards and like, hey, everyone's cool. And then if they do something shady, then you can make a decision. So I think that that is something that I didn't recognize at LashCon. So I just wanted to say I didn't feel like that was the energy there. I've made some relationships with people and since have done some collaborations, but it was just friendly. So good job with that though. It's hard to perpetuate that. And something we're going to do again, we actually hired someone, an actor, a friend of a friend, and she was an actor. And we said, we want you to be, was it Fanny Fan? Fanny Fan. And she went around and just welcomed people and started conversations. She was super outgoing and she was dressed kind of clownish. It was really fun. And that also worked to bring people in. Because the worst thing is, is that feeling like you don't quite belong or you don't look right or something, you know, it taps into all of our own fears about going through high school, you know, just like, what's wrong with me? I just want to be accepted. Like, who has time for any of that mess anymore? And you know what's funny, Tuss, is I would put money that every single person there feels exactly that way. Mm -hmm. Some people are just better at disguising it through humor. I know I lean towards jokes and stuff when I'm uncomfortable. That's just who I am. But we're all the same. We all want to connect and feel uncomfortable. So I think that's something that we should keep in mind when you're at one of these events is like, hey, you know, people probably feel uncomfortable too. And that should be like your own sort of icebreaker to just like take a chance to talk to somebody because I'm sure that that would make, it's going to make their day. Yeah, absolutely. I do this when I'm at a meeting or group where I don't know anyone, and I just look for someone else who doesn't know anyone. I'll just come up and say hi. Say, hey, I'm Paul. How are you doing? Are you waiting for someone? Like, no, nah, I don't know anyone here, or my wife dragged me here, or something like that. And you're like, hey, well, me too. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It's like find a connection and talk about and yeah. ask questions, and then before you know it, you'll be laughing, talking, and make a new friend. And I think if you go to conferences with that kind of idea that there's other people like you looking for that connection, looking for that, you'll find it. One other thing I wanted to point out that we did differently that I really felt made a big difference is that we didn't have what I would say a table where all the speakers were cut off from everyone. I've seen it where I've been to a conference and speakers have their own tables and they're kind of like in their own little group. Me too. I've been to several. Yeah. Oh, actually, mostly all of them that I've been to have been in that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And while I know that they're trying to honor the speakers and make them feel like, hey, you guys are VIPs. You came here, did all this for us. We good intentions. Good mm-hmm. intentions. But the problem, the, the side effect, they don't know if they realize it almost separates the speakers from the pack so that they're in their own little group and if you see three or four people talking you don't want to go up and say hi because you feel like well they're all together so i don't want to interrupt them break up but it's like the hierarchy Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it's creating that unintentional like like status level yeah 
happens just naturally with humans. And I love that you just did a dog reference too. It's like we are <laughs> animals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, yeah, it's that unintentional, unspoken vibe that gets put out there when you do things like that. And we did that at our event too, where we spread everyone out from last year, like everyone had a different table. Yeah. And, Next, if we ever have another event again, you guys will have 100% have to come. We can do like a live podcast. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, we'll be there. That's a goal. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get to. <laughs> when live uh, events come back. <laughs> yeah, we'll just keep that on the back burner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we were kind of talking about the two events you guys did. You had one in-person one. And then this year was the virtual. Yeah. I just want to give you guys a little bit of feedback um, live because I know I filled out that little form and sent it back. But I actually was thinking about this when we set the schedule up to, to do the podcast. I've been toying around with what I liked better because I love the in-person for all of those reasons, getting together. You can't do that online. But the ability, because if, obviously you have to do it virtually. That's that's the only option that we have. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I actually got to see more speakers. I was like bouncing around to the rooms. I didn't have to put my fancy outfit on. I love that. There was yeah. no commuting. It's like hard for me to choose which one I liked better. So I think the fact that we do now have this as an option and everyone's like, all right, it is what it is. Yeah. I feel like you did make the best of it. And it was highly organized. I really don't have anything negative to say about it. I think you guys did a really good job at, you know, pivoting and doing the best of it and kind of give, that was really like everyone I talked to in the last world was like, God, it was kind of like the little highlight of 2020 to just be able to feel like a community and just hear other people. I loved the panels. I loved it. I loved hearing Savannah talk. I loved just everyone's perspective on what was going on. And it just, I don't know. It was cool. It just seemed a little bit more raw in a way when you're just like home doing your thing. So for anyone that's concerned about the conference and if it's going to be in person or virtual, like I will take whatever option that there is and just really there's no downside to doing a virtual besides the shots at the after party, which certainly will make up for that. Yeah. We do yeah. virtual shots. We, we broke the bar at the, two years ago. They said you get, we literally broke their bar. They, they were they, running they were out of stuff. They had nothing. It they was had like, no idea. You guys really enjoy yourselves. So we're like, yes, we do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say, I feel like the lash face, Jamie having that Brit there. That was how that pop <laughs> style. Right. Like a bottom I don't know. I feel like maybe that was him. <laughs> yeah. Jamie, it started at 7 a.m. and went all night. No. It's like, yeah, no, I'm just no, kidding. kidding. He's he, fantastic. I'm he did just, just thinking to, about all the different people that came and like that was the first time I got a chance to, to meet him and get to know him. So having that in person really is dope too. So, But it, in terms of the difference between the online one and the one in person, what we didn't want to do with the online one was have it be more of the same of what we're, we're all used to with this quarantine, which is Zoom. Yeah, it's just you a know, webinar. You know, where you have, which is perfectly fine, but we, we didn't want to have that same kind of vibe where it's just a video. Or just, here's 20 videos, watch them at some point when you can. Right. That's good sometimes, right? We're like, right, I just want to fucking watch the information. I don't need to hear it. Just, just lay it on me. So there's there's good and bad to that, which is smart to do it in that way. Um Cause you, that's, you feel more included in the conversation. Like I wasn't participating, but I was like, yeah, like 
I felt part of it. Yeah. yeah. We planned transitions and we planned. We had um, chats, live chats. We had the speakers in the rooms themselves chatting. We did a lot while of giveaways. We actually had a live party on Sunday night and we had Bailey Sarge come. Basically people uh, submitted uh, silly TikTok videos yeah. and we, we all went through them together. We watched fun. their videos and we had Bailey Sock come and teach everyone how to do a dance routine, which was really cool. That was cute. Yeah. I remember I was in the room. I was like, play my dog video. You're like, <laughs> For a prize, and I was like, "Oh, I like didn't get it." Yeah. I was like, "I would, I didn't want the prize. Like, I wasn't doing it yeah. for the prize." But I was like, "Zoe was so." Um, so he was the client filming. <laughs> yeah, during the film of that filming of that video, I was like, "She needs her airtime." So she was um, awesome. By so the way. cute. It's one of my favorite videos. You know what I recently learned the other day when I was listening to a podcast? They were talking about when you go to business school how. You think they sit in a room and they'll just be statistics and they'll just be very stiff and dry. Yeah. When it's really the opposite now where they teach like case studies and they teach through story and conversation. It's not even like how it used to be. Everyone's learning style is very different. They're feeling that people not feeling data showing that people are motivated by different ways old techniques for learning is it's not working is based on attention spans. I work with a gentleman who is a teacher at Pepperdine. He teaches a luxury branding course. And he was saying um, how he switched up his second semester. Cause he was like, all right, just example. He was like, instead of doing before it started, he was like, I'm going to do six hours of lecture and then one hour of conversation. So then he just realized that that wasn't the way and there, there, just, there wasn't any magic in the room. So the second semester, he did the opposite. One hour of lecture, six hours of conversation. I just feel like that's the new way of learning is through conversation and talking about, tell me your struggles so that I can do better. And you know what I'm saying? It's not just so much like reading from the book anymore, which I love that. And so that's kind of what I felt like was happening at the conference. Yeah, because we'd have the talk, and then afterwards we have uh, not everyone, but we'd have live Q and A's. So, this, in fact, two of our speakers were from England. We had Jamie on, and we had Tom Martin on, and they were, they were up at like midnight doing these live Q and A's, and it was really special because I think it did create a little bit more of that conversational thing versus just let me just give you a whole bunch of lectures and then you have to walk away and try to pull out of it. Here, you actually had a chance to interact and, and communicate, and so much was going on in the chat room. I mean, people were just totally interacting. Comments commenting feedback yeah just Just flying by right and that i think created again a little bit more connection a little bit more interactivity versus me just sitting there listening for an hour taking notes has its place but you're right especially now i think people are craving connection and interactivity and and that's how we learn so i know for me when i was in college and i guess our my classes were ahead of their time but back I was in the 1600s. Yeah, back in the 1600s. <laughs> I had to. No, seriously, that's how <laughs> before we feel. America was found. Yes. Basically, <laughs> our class, most of my classes, I was in TV, film, and also my minor was in marketing and advertising. So all my classes were all interactive. I mean, if you're going to do an advertising course, you don't sit and listen to lectures. You actually most of your time are working on ad campaigns, coming up with ideas, brainstorming and interacting. Yeah. And I love going to school because it was mostly me hanging out in a room, laughing, coming up with ideas and such with other like-minded people. So I think today- but that's how people learn though. Yeah. We need more of that. Just the way that we've been doing it. Just, I feel bad for the little kids that just, they're full of all this energy and they're like sitting in a desk. Who does that work for? Not a lot of people. People need to be moving around, experiencing, building memories, learning through action. So I love that. I love you guys. 
you kept, like, kept my attention and that's saying a lot. So I was able to through the whole thing and I wasn't like squirreling around like I usually am. So we've talked about the in-person event. We've talked about the virtual. I'm sure that there's struggles with putting both of those events on. I'm sure there's some of them are a little bit different, but yeah. you know what we can only imagine, right? If you've never thrown an event before, what goes into that? And sometimes you can't even imagine at all what that takes. But what would you say, each of you, what was the most challenging part of the conference for you? Real talk it too. Well, the first year, because we hadn't done it before, we had just closed the salon. So we were kind of scrambling. We had wonderful goodie bags. Oh my gosh, they were so fabulous, right? They were. I realized how much work would go into yeah. putting that. Like we had a full on like stock eight hundred dollars worth of goodies, and in we had bags. all these tables and all these volunteers and the system, and we had some problems getting the stuff into the bags and volunteers, and so we realized this has to be almost like a full time job the next time. So someone's role. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, well, even just like the logistics, because I know we've done some things with bags, and you're like trying to time everybody getting it there. And oh, yeah. And then having somebody thing. monitor the bags so that they yeah, get Yeah, we have bags watched. get taken prematurely. No. You know, yeah. we're just like, oh, no. You know, so we have to have a system for that. That yeah. is something that we're going to be ferocious about. Yeah, I had some people yeah. who didn't get their VIP bags. I had to do other tricks to make things right by them, and I felt horrible. But we just did not realize that people would just steal them. And we had like three or four got stolen. I don't stolen. think, l- let me just intervene here. I don't think that people are trying to steal. I think that the, oh, that I, they thought I, that, you know, hey, it's, you know. It's, I it's deserve like, this bag. It's like dessert, right? It's like a buffet with dessert. And you think, oh, I'll just help myself to another piece of pie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to believe the best about it. Uh, I usually do that. But in this case, I just believe someone so. said, I want another one. I want two. <laughs> And thought well, we maybe, uh, or maybe they thought we had infinite amount. And I, that's I, what I'm saying. I don't think people thought I'm going to take this and do something wrong. I think yeah. it's everyone's like, oh look, there's more it's stuff. More. Right? There's more pie. It's like favors okay. at a party. You know, sometimes things get taken by accident for sure. Like you put it down. But, yeah. But also, my car, my car got taken. <laughs> by the way, what we're going to do next time? Just anyone who buys VIP ticket, we actually have more bags than we have VIP. So that way, if we do have something yeah, exactly. disappear magically, like oh well, don't worry, I got five more in the bag just ready to go. Yes. Or Listen, like- I'm going to say this on air. In the event that ever happens again, you can totally give my VIP bag to somebody else. <laughs> oh, Janelle, that is like I- so selfless. Are you? Oh, my you, gosh. You know. I feel like I'm the last person that needs that. You know you what I mean? So like I, I don't need any of the lashers. I actually feel bad sometimes taking it. So it's my pleasure if you want to exclude me from the list. <laughs> I'm happy to make sure. <laughs> That's how it. I know you're a real friend. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I end up just coming back and giving the stuff out. And <laughs> most likely I give everything away. Usually. Yeah. So, well, it's no R&D way. for you, <laughs> right? What about you? Well, yeah. Uh, for me, basically, looking back, I mean, both years had totally different problems. I think the first year was just emotionally being really um, in it because initially we closed our salon in May and our, we did this thing in October. So it's not a lot of time between closing a salon and doing a, a huge conference with almost 300 people in it. It was definitely a shift of mindset. It was definitely a lot of mourning. But at the same time, I felt like it was very productive because sometimes when you have a huge loss and if you just sit around and mope, it just goes down, uh, down oh, it's, backwards, it's right? It's terrible. Yeah, it's good. It forced you to be, you know, positive and sure at the end when it was over, you were literally sleeping in the booth. I remember you fell asleep, but 
after the next day, when it was over, I'm sure you felt like a million bucks. So it was worth it. So I think for me, if that was me, I would have preferred to just dive right into something yeah. else. Yeah. But and it, it doesn't mean it's not hard. It's right? actually one of our coping mechanisms. And we did a talk on this, that whenever there's a big disappointment or something has let you down, the best thing to do is work on a project that you've been wanting to do for a while because yeah. it immediately shifts your mind so you're not focusing on how how painful it is, but yeah. you're focusing on something that you've wanted to do for yourself for a while. So it just redirects that energy. I think the biggest thing, though, that I learned, especially in the first year, is I need <laughs> – and help? I, yeah, yeah, I need to hire more help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I literally wore every hat. I was the person responsible for all the sponsors. I realized I need someone whose job is just dealing with sponsors. I was the person responsible for all the speakers. I really need someone to help coordinate that. I was responsible with doing all the AV and all the food oh, setup. Oh, God, you did the AV? I mean, I didn't do it myself, but I was involved in all the aspects of the AV. That can sometimes pose a lot of hiccups. Like I've been at events where you're like, all right, great. The equipment doesn't work. And then they're all looking at you like, what do we do? Yeah. It's like, um, <laughs> and I we, fix it. And we had some problems like that. And my background is AV. So I, I know it, but that said, I should still be punting all of that. And same thing. My sister, who's an event planner herself, our producer, she came and helped. I really didn't give her enough, or I guess of the tasks. I should have really handed off more. She's an event planner. Yeah, she is. Yeah. You should have handed all of them, know, not all of them. But. She produces million-dollar events all over the world. I think you can pass the torch. Yeah. <laughs> so my plan, and now 2021 of, or 2020 was different because it was all online, and we just didn't have the scope and the size. And I did yep. hire an event company to do all the online stuff, so that really helped me just focus on making sure the speakers got their things done. And then you mean like the platform? The platform, yeah. We, we had. A, the app and the interactive space that we had on the website and all that. So that was all taken care of and it made my mm-hmm. life a lot easier. Even then they still said, wow, you really like doing everything, don't you? Cause I would just get in there and start doing stuff and uploading and building the website. And like, yeah, I, I this is fun for they, me. They sent us like two boxes of cookies. They're like, you're the easiest client we've yeah. ever had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I, okay. Pre- that's a sign. They're like, thanks for the, all the work. I yeah. know, like, I Good know. job with the job. Paul. Yeah. I paid them a lot of money so that I could do it for them. It was not the brightest moment for me, but again, first year, I tend to be very much hands-on. My goal this year, I already have, I'm going to hire at least four or five positions for this upcoming year. And we're going to have a lot more of a team. We did have a lot of volunteers. We had like 25 volunteers volunteers and they were great, but I need still some more paid staff who come on earlier, who don't just show up the day of the event and go, okay, what do you want me to do? All right, go over there and hang out. But actually are like, preparation is the sweet spot, right? Again, the logistics and the coordination and, that's all. It's just, just a lot of moving parts. You know, we've done a couple of things like that. It's kind of like when you do a trade show, right? Yeah. You got to order all the furniture and it's, you got to set it up. There's always just hecticness, hectic, the energy that goes along with just doing any event that's live and there's people counting on you. So yeah, it's intense. So, all right. So delegate, that's good. Awareness, awareness I think is half the battle. And I sometimes feel like if you're just either overly passionate about the project or if you're just like, a worker be it's really hard to not be like that yeah truly it's like how do you you can't even help yourself right you just yeah. have to get your hands in it so hopefully this year you'll be able to sort of like third time's a charm that's right you'll start getting more and more comfortable as the conference grows so yeah 
and another thing too, and this is where it's a little difficult for us. We've had to uh, pivot. The conference isn't really about us making a lot of money on it. Uh, beforehand, we were like, we were like, well, we want to do the conference and we can at least pull a small salary or something like that. At this point, really, the conference is about building our brand and serving the community. And then we'll make our money through other means and through other our webinars and our coaching training and stuff like that. Because the conference itself, if we want to do it at the level we want to do it at, we have to spend a lot of money. It's just there, a lot of people go, where are all the money go? Trust me, I, if you want to oh. sit down, I'll teach you how to, where all the money goes. It, it's, it's You'll learn cheap. real fast how much a group of chairs costs. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, what? Nothing's exactly. cheap. Yeah. It's like the wedding industry, like in the event industry. Yeah. There's just a significant inc- like a markup on, yeah. on products and things that you rent. So yeah, trust me. It's not always as good as, as it seems, right? It's yeah. kind of just like any small business. When you first do a small business, you think, oh, all this money coming in. Uh, look at how much money I'm earning, but you don't realize like everything that you're bringing in, it, that's the gross. You still have to pay rent. You still have to pay electricity. You have to pay supplies. You know. Yeah. A lot of people say they're a six figure lash stylist. Did you net that? Though? Yeah. That's not, not the net. net. That's, a, that's a gross probably. And yeah. then once you sit down, you pay your rent and you pay all your bills. Like, yeah, maybe you made $60,000. And so while I'm glad you made six digits, you know, and that's something I think we had that same feeling. Wow. We made this money and then I went back and I went like, through all my expenses, we went, spent it all. We're Holy like, crap. what? You're like I broke even. <laughs> yeah, that's a different feeling. Yeah. yeah, and the first, yeah, each yeah. year was pretty much almost a little more break even. But most of almost all the money we made, we just put back into Lashcon. It wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go and take a two month vacation. Nope, all that money we just made goes right back into next year's planning for the next LashCon and so forth. So that's why a lot of conferences I've seen come and gone. I think people realize once they do their conference a couple of times, like man, we're not really making money on this thing. I thought I was going to make fifty dollars or $100,000 a year. And they're like, no, nah, I didn't make that. So the conference dies. And so for us, for LashCon to survive and thrive, my goal is not to make this my livelihood. Like I want LashCon to really be our centerpiece. Like, wow, everyone looks forward to it. It's kind of like a, a reunion for our industry. It's a place for us to connect and, and learn and grow and become better versions be of ourselves. Recognized. Be recognized. Yeah, we're going to be adding an award show this year, God willing, on oh. Sunday night called The Lashies. And it's going to be, a, it's going to be small this first year. We're going to start small and, and build off of that. So that'll be something. Uh, do you have the categories? I do not. We are going to do it a little oh. differently. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of times these things are popularity contests and we didn't want to do a popularity contest. We want to do something where people get it based on merit. And we also understand there's not just one single person that embodies what it means to be the best of something. Right. Like who's truly the best last child in the world? Like, is there only one? Like, I'm going to bet you that a lot. There's the cream of the crop. You know what's so funny that we're talking about this in this manner is I was driving with my husband, Paul. And Who's, we were listening to something. Oh, yeah. Best Paul, name ever. There was, I commented on something because somebody was like, oh, oh, this is what it was. We drove by a home and it was like a random real estate name that we had never heard before. So when I was, he's like, look, look at that up and see what it is. So I Googled it and their, their number one thing was number one realty in the country. So <laughs> I was like, number one, like, it's just like, what is that? Yeah. Like, I'm the best. Says who, first yeah. of all, because a lot of things are subjective or like I'm the yeah. most successful. Well, like that's a conversation that needs to stop where it's like my version of success might be the complete opposite of yours. But it's like this whole yeah. best, the best. It's like, let's relax a little bit. And it's that's not even attainable. Yeah. And says who, where yeah. are we exactly. getting these metrics from? Did you see the movie Elf? 
with yes. Will Ferrell. He, you know, he's a new elf in town, and he walks by this he's cafe in New York, in New in York, York. and there's a neon sign, best coffee in the world. And he comes in, you guys did it! This is the best coffee in the world! And they're just like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> I just watched that a couple weeks ago at Christmas, and yeah. I just am very familiar with that scene. Yeah. That's what I mean, yeah. though. Yeah. How ridiculous is that statement? Why do we do that? I think it's American exceptionalism, right? That whole idea that Americans, we we are the best and we have to always award, we give ourselves awards for everything. So while we want to do an award show called, we'll call it the Lashies, we'll say for now, it's our working title. But I think what we will do is it's going to be a little bit different in the sense that we're not going to have a thousand categories. I mean, maybe one day we'll be- we're not we'll going to have people vote on it. No, it's not going to be voting. It's going to be people will be submitting essays. And what we're basing this off of is Salon Today. Salon Today is a business magazine. If you're not getting Salon Today, you need to get Salon Today. It's for the beauty industry, for the greater beauty industry. It's a great magazine. It's all business ideas. It's simple, quick to read, good content, great stuff. In fact, really, January, this issue is the best always because they go through and give all the best practices that Salon submits. You get so much And there's lots of great stuff. But they call it the Salon. Yeah, that is a good magazine. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Salon Top 200 is an honor that our Salon had for four years. We were regarded um, one of the top 200 salons in North America, and it's uh, quite an honor because to get in that, you have to do more than just the average work, and you have to write these essays and submit it. But what's cool is in every category, and they're usually like 11 categories, there's anywhere from 10 to 30 selected salons who win in each category. And the reason why they do that is because the truth is they'll like say best customer service. Well, is there really only one company that provides best customer service or is there more like a mark like, wow, you do something special. You're not doing the same thing as that salon, but you're still doing amazing service and you have to submit this survey. So we're going to recognize you. So we'll recognize you. So we're going to be doing, I think, two things. We'll have our salon category and we're going to have the individual lash stylist category. And we're going to probably pick three, five, six categories in each. And basically you'll submit essays sharing what you do. And then we'll pick the top five, 10, 15, 20 stylists who show merit that they do great work that they're doing something special that they're doing something unique and then out of that group we will r- recognize them. them and honor them at this party so it's not going to be a envelope open the envelope please who's the best that's not going to happen it's going to be more like hey guys here are the 10 best lash lawns as when it comes to customer service and we want to recognize them real quick come up up here and all that i love that style because I'm, I'm thinking if are you going to say why they're the best? Because I feel like that's a learning opportunity of like, all right, they're doing this and whatever. I never thought of that. Yeah. Let me adopt that myself. You know, I'm sorry. I couldn't think of an example, but is that how yeah. you like recognize more? Well, kind of in the same vein of Salon Today, like this issue in January talks about those best practices. Yeah. There will be an outlet to explain why. Yeah, we, we haven't all fleshed it out, but, you know, Salon Today actually puts out the issue where every salon – they get a little blur, like here's what we do in, our, in their category. And so we could do something like that. We, we could. We just want to we'll honor see. people that are doing good work. And we know that it's not just one person. We know that it's many. And also, if you're a single practitioner, how yeah. can you compete if you're a single practitioner like with a salon? We want to honor those gals and, and guys who are doing something special in their little corner of the world. Exactly. Because that matters to me just as much as somebody that has a 10 bed studio. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had us, I really worked really primarily, but this is way before last year, mm-hmm. but like by myself. Yeah. And I'll yeah. tell you, I was book solid and I knew what I was doing in that treatment yes, room. And it was so did. much more than lashes. Right. Yeah. So that's connection. I mattered to my clients. Right. So yeah. it doesn't matter if it's 
a thousand people or a hundred. It's, it's what you're doing and you're giving back to the, to the world. Right. And sometimes it's just one conversation with one person. So I love that you're doing that. I think that more isn't always better. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. it's, it's nice to be recognized when it's mm -hmm. just your solo operator. Exactly. exactly. That's cool. And then when we realize we also just need to get done. So to keep it possible to do on top of all the other things. That's where it's a good it, time to announce it or, yeah, you know, right. talk about it with you. Cause it keeps us accountable. Keeps us accountable so. And we keep it yes. short and small. Right? I mean, it'll probably be like an hour long. It's not gonna be like this three hour Oscar award type ceremony. It'll be simple and short. And then afterwards we'll just open up the bar and everyone will hang out and have fun and celebrate together and should be cool. So that's going to be this coming year. So we're intending on it to be an in-person event. God willing, if the world, I mean, obviously I think today I read some horrible news oh, that no. like in California, Moderna, they're take, they're stopping the vaccine because there's too many side effects or whatever to it. So there's definitely going to be ups and downs this year, but I'm hoping, you know, if all the, the vaccines get put out there and, and things eventually work their way out. I could see by end of summer, life will be kind of virtually normal in a sense. And I think we can have a live event, big live event without having to do all sorts of crazy hoops to jump through with testing and masks and all that. I mean, we hope now we may have to pivot. It's in the back of my mind that, Hey, if you know, summer comes and things yeah. are still not moving along or if there's a new strain or whatever, something crazy is going on. We may kick it back into February or something like that of next year and maybe just do an online event again. Cause it, like you said, I think it worked and people really liked the online event. They really enjoyed it. And so it has a place in the world. I mean, some people said, could you do an online event one, you know, halfway through the year and then do the live event the other half? Like maybe have two events, one's online, one's that, or maybe we make them all online. Yeah, we'll see. Well, it's good that you're remaining flexible because that's, yeah. I think the most important thing is not to really dig your heels too much into one idea because then that just makes it harder to transition and accept, all right, we're going to pivot. So that's good for you guys. So now I asked you before, what was the most challenging part of the conference, but what was your favorite part? It's easy one for me, though. The first year I didn't sleep. I think I slept four hours in like four days, whatever it was. I still love the, the social aspect. I mean, there's not enough I can say about just finally meeting and hanging out with everyone that I've connected with online, people who I look up to, people who I admire, and meeting new people I had never met. And also now they're friends and we're communicating via Instagram or texting. It's just really, really cool. I mean, for me, probably by, I mean, people know me and Cheryl, we're like last nerd buds and Cheryl from Untamed, like we just met her like a month or two before the event. And then she came out of the event and we got to be friends. And I know for me that was, and Jamie too, like Cheryl and Jamie were like the two people that for me, I got so excited to connect and get to know and become friends. Yeah, with. I love talking with him. He's so funny. And that's to me, I put humor over everything. Yes. Yeah. That is my number one thing I look for in people. So just like people need to like, have a little bit more fun and relax. So yeah. He yeah. like he he does it for me in that sense. So he, he helps yeah. break up the monotony of of life and business and all that. So for me, that was really easy. If we just hung out for three days and had coffee in the morning and had a party at night, I would have been happy. I mean, yeah. the business stuff was great and I loved it. And I was honored to have all these speakers come and share all this information. But really, for me, it was the connections and the community that made. It. And you know, even last this last year, we did that again with our party and our and chat rooms and our wall. We had a wall in the app so you can post photos and connect with people and I saw people commenting on each other so we did create a little bit of that same community uh, even last year even though it was all virtual what about you? for me it was the laughing 
when Paul and I are putting things together and we're bouncing ideas off each other, we just crack each other up and we just have so much fun just coming up with absurd ideas and then actually doing them. Well, here's Um, what happens. Usually Tusk thinks (laughs) of something completely out of this world. Like, how about we do the conference on the moon? And then I'm like, I have to fight this. I'm like, no, no, no. And I've learned I have to, we try to change the thing. Yes. Yes. And is now our our system because we learned this from second city where they, when they do their brainstorming, you don't ever say no. When someone's sharing the room and I didn't go, no, that won't work. Or that's not a good idea. It shuts people down. It shuts people down. It doesn't encourage more ideas. So what you say is yes. And, and the example they use in in this guy that I heard a podcast with the guy from second, city he goes yes and so someone comes in the room and go i got an idea why don't we do a meatball flavored shake and then instead of saying no that's a bad idea he goes yes that's an interesting flavor and what are some other interesting flavors that we could try for our shakes (laughs) and so that real there is so much importance in that because i've learned with you know i'm used to working by myself. So having this office and working with people has been a learning curve for me too. Yeah. So I've had to learn like, cause I'm the first one to be like, nope, like, but that isn't great for no. people. I had to learn that. Like, I don't want to prohibit you from feeling comfortable and sharing ideas. Like we had a brainstorming session the other day. Um, we have a couple new products coming out this year. Ooh. Yes. Very soon within the next like month or two, I have one coming in the next I think beginning of March and then hopefully by end of April. So you see the that get your hands on. You're on the list. (laughs) We were doing a brainstorming session and they're just, they pulled up the doc in the conference room and we're going down the list. And I was like, it's a little weird, but keep it because we could use it somewhere else. So I just have learned to, you know, just be a little bit more encouraging because I'm not coming from a good place. Like I don't mean any negativity, but I could see why it would come off like that. Mm Because some people are just like, oh. I don't want to speak up anymore. Yeah. And I think that's where Tuss has learned. I've had to learn with her and I still struggle at times. Let her come up with her ideas. She's an idea person. Tuss is the type of person who will dream and and break all the molds and do things differently. And I tend to be the logistics person. My job is to figure out, take her vision, go, okay, you just said you want to do this. How can we make that happen and and make it reality? And that's where a lot of the fun and the creativity. And and like you said, I think, yeah, we We laugh a lot. We enjoy planning. That's important. As long as you can still laugh at each other, but that's the dynamic between Paul and I, where it's like, you got one creative and one person that's like, all right, how are we actually going to act? execute this mm-hmm. yeah. dream of yours and make it a reality. So both are equally as important. So it's good to have that balance. I had a question where, what can we look forward to next year, but we kind of already transitioned into the award shows and anything else that you're thinking of, like the way that the day will flow as far as I, but I, cause I like the way you structured it with conversations and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, is there anything during the day? Do you think that that'll run a little bit differently? Yeah. I mean, first off, the thing is going to grow. It's not going to just, and if we can do it live, we really want to expand it. So we're hoping on Saturday, this is almost becoming more of a three day event. And really for some people it will be a four day event. So the three days is like the Sunday, Monday is going to be focused on business. And we are going to shorten some things up a little bit and try to create more space for community and hanging out. So we're going to have like two hour breaks for lunch. So that people can really, and we're not going to have it, have it on site. You can go to the local restaurant, hang out, connect with everyone. We're going to show everyone where to go. So we want more chance for people to talk. And also, the, we're going to have a huge vendor area. Last year, we had a big one, but it was at the back of the room. This year, it's going to be in the lobby. So we can have around 30 vendors is the goal. And so pretty much, I'm God willing, we'll have every major last brand there. 
And then some. And then, and then also time, a, a structured time so that people can actually have conversations and visit the vendors. Because yeah. last time it was so like uh, regimented, there back, wasn't yeah. much time to connect. And we're really going to make that a focus. And, and But we'll have, so on Saturday, we're going to have two pre-events, we'll call them right now as they are. One is going to be hopefully with podcasters, so Janelle. We'll probably have you there, God willing, and as well as others. And it'll just be a meetup where we're going to hang out at a local restaurant and have everyone show up. And I don't know if we'll have 100 people show up or, you know, five. I'm expecting we'll have probably more than around 100 or so. And we'll just hang out and have the time to meet your favorite podcasters, meet each other, network, connect. And we're going to laugh. And lots of laughing, yes. We'll have have a clown (laughs) with a nose that you can squeeze. No clowns. No clowns? Oh, okay. I I don't like clowns. I love clowns. clowns. Slapstick. Clown humor. No, he loves. Oh my god! He loves that. But the visual of a clown. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. I don't do the clown, but he always, you know, we go Cirque du Soleil. He love always loves the clowns. The clowns. Yes, yeah. I do. I, I like clowns. Oh, god. <laughs> that is so disturbing to me. It is I actually, totally disturbing. No, but do you know? Um, there's actually a reason why I looked into this. Why people are innately afraid of clowns? Like it just creeps people out. It's because the painted face doesn't move oh, and you can't read, read it because they have a smile the face yeah it's disturbing to us because <laughs> we can't perceive it like how normally i'm looking at you she's laughing it's it's yeah. just we, we don't connect well with it so yeah. i was like that totally makes sense oh. yeah, yeah it's, it's like we're all doing this now with the mask thing oh no it's clowns, it clowns with masks clowns it's it's grotesque i don't know oh gosh you know, it's Not like, no clowns please no clowns just, okay no clowns but I'm we, taking back my gift bag. Taking <laughs> it back. Yeah. So no clowns, but we will have a chance for the network and hang out. It'll be very loose. It may be a little Q and A, maybe, or it may be a mix of Q and A, and then just people hanging out talking. Then we want to do another meetup after that, and that one we're still working what exactly. But I have some parameters, and that will be for a certain segment of our industry that maybe gets underserved, is what I'm thinking. But we'll have that, and then in the evening we have our VIP cocktail party like we did last year, and then we'll have an after party. For everyone all together. Then the new thing we're going to add on Sunday is we're going to be finishing a little earlier, like both days last year. I think we finished at six o'clock or whatever it was, and it's just a really long day. So we're going to try to finish more around four thirty, and then we're going to have a cocktail time out in the vendor area. So you can go out, meet with the vendors, and we'll probably be buying everyone a drink or two on us. And you'll be able to hang out and get to talk to people and learn about the products and hang out and socialize and do that. And then the thing will wrap up around 6. Then you can go get the dinner and then come back around 8 and we'll do the lashes in the evening on Sunday night. I forgot to mention that I definitely want to have dancing. I love dancing. Okay, dancing we will have dancing. so much fun. Like. To make the opportunity, so not you have to dance, but it's going to be like you want to Again, dance, Again, see right? Lash Best Jamie dance. <laughs> that, that was good. I saw a video. I actually wasn't there when it happened, but I got to see Jamie dance. I just dance, remember so the first year, my feet were so sore and so swollen, I had to completely change the shoes I was going to wear the yeah. next day. My foot is finally starting to feel better. Oh, that's right. You, <laughs> like your foot. Today. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm committing to not hindering myself because to me, I'm such a social person. So it's very sad when I like have to tap out because of a self-inflicted wound. So uh, it's very yes. Yeah. No, no. yes to the dancing. Yes to the laughing. I love all that. If you do the cocktail hour in the vendor booth, you should almost have like a drink station set up at each like lash affair booth can have like the lash teeny or like some oh, mystery. Oh my lunch. gosh. What a and, great like, idea. Yeah. Bye bye. Like, let I'm me just say be- this. The hotel won't let us. What? <laughs> 
They won't. Oh. They control the bar. That's all oh, them. Man. That's that, that's our contract. We got to figure you know? something out because I like that idea. We can't bring anything outside in. No food or drink. Everything has to be them. That's yeah. how they make their money. I mean, no offense, yeah. but they're going to bill us for all the well, liquor. We can figure but that's, something that's out because that's a great idea something to know. Cute. Now we Love. could do something where we ask yeah. them to make certain drinks, and maybe we can put stations or something like that. Yeah. I can see that. That that's not a bad. Idea. It can't hurt to ask and throw out the idea. Like you never know; they might have a fun solution that this goes with. Yeah, I mean, especially if we come with the idea and then we say, well, can we have you set up a bartender in the maybe last affair you guys set up, a, a, we set up their bartender in your place or something like that. Anyhow, I'm, I'm just the bartender now. Yeah. I'll just, that just works itself out. No I'm going to bartend. And yeah, we're good. Just throwing gift bags to people. Yeah. <laughs> gift bag. Here's your drink. Here's your Cheers. gift bag. Yeah, here we go. People will love you, by the way. You're oh going to be gosh. the person everyone's going to hang out with. You'd be terrible at that job. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Well, thank you for really giving us a sneak peek at like what to expect. It sounds like you guys are learning and improving every single opportunity that you can. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to finish that podcast and let's plan on doing a recap somewhere closer to the conference. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll definitely have to do that. It'd be awesome. Stay well in California. We will. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, that wraps up this show. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my last chum, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Janelle, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. <laughs>